wholesome. Life, real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, you! Yes! Yes! You too! All right, welcome to a special episode 42 of Tell Me Where to Turn. So very special. This is so very special because for 41 episodes of Tell Me Where to Turn, we've been saying that we should do a movie review of Coming to America. And today, that dream that Glenn 311 had, that twinkle in his eye, is going to come to fruition. Now I can not only just make subtle references to the movie throughout every podcast we can actually talk about the movie itself we can we can make references to our own podcast ah there we go can we talked about said reverse Reverse not funny stuff (laughs) so that being said i am tommy 2.0 tommy 2 underscore zero on twitter you can reach glenn at glenn 3 underscore 11 and point break dave can be found at point break underscore dave so, um, before we dive right into the movie, I have put together a very short game show for you two guys. I'm ready. This is actually a very simple game show. It has one question. <laughs> all right. Glenn. Adolf Hitler. Okay, well. All right, we get Glenn, did you win $3,000 on DraftKings last week? I did not. Dave. Did you win $3,000 on DraftKings last week? I did not. (laughs) I don't even think that's possible. (laughs) Let me tell you, not only is it possible, you gentlemen are in the presence of someone who won $3,000 on DraftKings last week. On a $3 entry. Yes. I (laughs) took second place out of just over 35,000 people. It was it was the night where we were recording the last episode because Glenn and I stuck around late into the night on your patio sweating this DraftKings with you. So, and this was uh, the game you picked to basically stack all your batters in was picked at random? Yes, it was completely picked at random. I, uh, I had set a regular lineup that I would normally do with my typical research, and then I, on a whim... Uh, as I was leaving work, I just kind of thumbed through the games. I saw Mets Marlins. I said, all right, I'll take all the batters from those games, put it into my lineup builder. And it said, you know, give me four batters from each team and the best two pitchers you can still afford. Turned out to be Bumgarner and Severino. He went nuts. He lost the game, but went nuts, struck out like 11 guys. And, of course, that game went to 16 innings. Yeah, you're fortunate that you basically got two games out of your batters. Right, and that, no, and that's, I mean, when you talk about what does it take to finish second out of 35,000, it takes incredible luck, and the incredible luck is on DraftKings, there's no negative scores. So every time yeah. a guy comes up... There are you, for pitching. Well, yeah, sorry, for yeah. hitting. On on uh, FanDuel, and I think it's changed, of course, we don't know, but well, you usually get negative quarter points for outs. So that's sometimes extra inning games are bad. Ken Paxton. Put that guy in jail so we can <laughs> yeah, play no joke. again. Somebody needs to put that guy in trial. Uh, but no, so yeah, so I had every, every, every batter I had taking seven or eight at-bats, and every run in that game was scored by a big old dong, and... I had everybody that hit each one of those, and that, that's how you do it. That's that's how you score over 200 points, and that's how you win $3,000 on DraftKings. We were here. 
I wouldn't say well after, but it was after midnight watching oh, a yeah. Mets oh, Marlins game on your on your Mac, your iMac. No, it was trying to figure out. It was trying for us trying to figure out how uh, to stream the game, and as it worked out, because everything was coming up uh, aces for Tommy. That was the MLB.tv free game of the week. It's just it was in the stars. Everything, yeah, everything was in the stars. Before we realized that, though, it was a real fun uh, few hours of. Tommy not only having huge swings, happy and sad about the way the game's going, but then also swinging, I'm going to buy MLTV. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Or season pass or whatever it is. I still think I'm going to buy it. I, I, uh, well, that was the night to buy it if you were going to buy it. Yeah. No, but, it, but the game we wanted was the free game of the week. Why yeah, we did, we did find that out eventually. So how much booze and porn does $3,000 buy? <laughs> Let me I tell see you a couple extra yeah. storage bins out here on the porch. Let me tell you this: I I think now today's four twenty. Which, by the way, did you guys like the nice plate of brownies? Very <laughs> ironic on four twenty. Is ironic. They were excellent. Yeah, unfortunately, they were just whatever comes in the Duncan Hines box. Yeah. No, no add-ons. No. No, but I, I I can pretty much tell you here on four twenty that I am going to make gold player status this month on DraftKings. Are you going to make gold? I've never played gold. I am going to make gold, I think. So that's what I, I do with $3,000. I will say you don't. You've made it, though. I know you made it once. I've made silver a bunch, but making gold's real tough to do. Okay, well, I've got... I'm halfway there with 10 days to go, but the majority of that halfway there has been made in the last well, five days. that's why I told you you needed to just go in one of those $1,000 50-50s and hope for the best. Well, hey, I, at this point, at this point, uh, if I did that, I'd make gold. So so how long after, okay, you, so you win, you finish second, you win the big money, yeah. Glenn and I sweated it with you, Glenn yeah. and I leave, had the door shut before you were yelling, get ready to that woman you live with. Man. I, I can't even imagine. I, I would have had to go to the hospital four hours later. As he's just imagine. reading the lineup. And then two home runs. One single. Yeah, I'm going to get the box score framed. Uh, yeah. No, it was actually funny. I had a, we had a the box score. Yeah. You, as it were. Yeah. We had a we had a, a early morning golf engagement. And I didn't sleep very well that night. Let's just say and, I wouldn't have either. And that and was reflected in what week. happened in the next uh, the next morning, as I probably lost conservatively about fifteen <laughs> balls in that course. So. Uh, you could have lost three thousand of them. <laughs> yeah. it would have been just even. You think those poor guys that were playing with me liked me saying about a hundred times? It's fine. I've got three thousand dollars. <laughs> Can't even imagine. Literally, literally, I could be hitting. I could be hitting balls with hundred dollar bills wrapped around them, and not even care. You just teed up, just facing the woods, and just get straight in there. But then it was like right on the fairway. Let's see how far we can get this in there. Whoa! What? (laughs) This is all real things I said that night. Um, All right. Well, hey, what do we say? We get started. uh, We get started with our movie review. Let's do it. All right. So. Opening thoughts before we before we dive into the movie. My experience with this movie growing up was a recorded off TV version. So I also had that yeah recorded off of like Channel Twenty One yeah, with or something. commercials. Um, and I think it was kind of one of those things that probably one of my uncles or somebody had recorded. 
we found it, watched it, thought it was the greatest, funniest movie ever, and then proceeded to watch it hundreds of times, never, never understanding that the actual full theatrical, unedited version was, especially by the standards of the time, extremely rough, language-wise. And also some nudity, which I know we'll get to in a minute. So, so yeah, but... They didn't show the bathing scene on Channel 21, is that what you're saying? No, the whole early part of the movie was breezed through pretty pretty quick, which, by the way, maybe not the worst idea ever. I feel like... I feel like there was probably 10 minutes that could have been shaved off the running time of this thing. Um, yeah, at the, at the, at the very beginning. I think the, I think the beginning drug more on rewatching than I remember, but maybe that's because I'm used to watching a highly edited version. Yeah. That, I mean, I mean, they had to set the stage that he yeah. was royalty and, and then he had like everything done for him. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's yeah. character had everything done for him to the extent that he's, he's 21 years old. It is, it is his 21st birthday. It is. And he's never tied his shoes or wiped his own backside in 21 years. But tying your shoes is a very overrated it's experience. Very overrated experience. So the TV, the TV version started, you know, started with him waking up in the bed. I think when they went to brush his teeth, then everything gets cut out, which I believe the, the him fighting with both staffs with Simi, all yeah. that's cut out. I think and that it, was it pretty much, or maybe there was just a brief there may part have been of brief. that. And then it goes to the long breakfast table scene. And then he's pretty much right into queen to be after that. Like that yeah. whole part of it happens pretty well. Fast. Okay, as we, as we begin and we're zooming in on the, the, their castle, if of, you will, of in, in, in okay. the nation of <laughs> the first note I had. Yeah, so my first thought is, we're zooming in here, I'm not a geography major, okay? You Can someone tell me what part of Africa is just covered with trees? Is this lush right here? Covered with lush trees with a snow-capped mountain range in the background. <laughs> yes. Well, I, and my, my note was just that, that the whole exterior shots of that residence is the fakest looking oh, thing that's true too. Yeah. I've ever seen, and I don't remember that. Yeah. But it's incredibly fake looking. Can I... I had the same thought, but I also thought that opening credits with like the... Obviously, they didn't have drones back then, but like the drone flyover. Did that seem oddly out of place for like a stupid comedy where Eddie Murphy's playing 18 people? Like, that seemed like something they do in like a 3D IMAX, or IMAX movie. Some kind of adventure yeah, like, type movie. It, really yeah. that, it looks like it's made out of like paper. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't even look. And real. maybe that's part of the bit. I, I don't know. And technically, this is a romantic comedy. It is technically speaking. right, which it does yeah. essentially follow that that premise. Although they they wait till pretty late in the movie to put the the real controversy in there. But, right. But yeah, no, I I. I uh... <laughs> so you guys saw this when was it Uncle Roger? I'm sure. I sure it was my yes. Uncle Roger for me. Yeah. Yes, the great Uncle Roger of UncleRogersPicks.com. So I saw this movie. This movie came out. I can't remember what month, but it came out in 1988. I saw it in 1988 <sighs> at a movie theater in Sherman, Texas, <laughs> with with my cousins and my mom and my two aunts. Your mom? There's no way she knew what she was getting into. Mama Glenn would not take young Glenn to see this movie. I was 10 years old when I saw this movie. Wow. Mama Tommy wouldn't watch this movie now. <laughs> no, I saw this movie when I was 10 years old at the movie theater. 
and thought it was beyond hilarious <laughs> and have ever since and we're we're i mean we're coming up on 30 years now uh since it came out i would be surprised if i don't reference this movie in some form of conversation or whatever almost on a daily basis every you, time you get out of the shower you say <laughs> the royal penis is clean I, maybe <laughs> Um, my a bit, and I used to reference it when I was in high school and stuff all the time. To the point where my parents would get beaten down. Like any time that, like, I, we would be somewhere and maybe I'm talking to somebody and they ask who that was, I would just be like, "Oh, it's just me- some guy I met in the restroom." <laughs> and I'm like, God, please stop. So, yeah, I saw this when it was at the when it was at the theater, and I've seen it. I couldn't even count the number of times I've seen this movie. I was thinking about that while I was watching it and there's a lot of movies I like but I would rank I've probably seen this movie more than any other movie yeah yeah I would I would feel the same way although that it counts the edited version so even even uh, last night still parts of it like shocking at the amount of uh, <laughs> more more cussing that happens in the uh, the theatrical version that I remember yeah. So then, um, right at the beginning, before we get to the, was it, okay, was it an engagement party or that was the wedding? No, I think it was set up as the wedding. I think that okay. it was, yeah, you make it to 21 wedding. and then boom, you're okay. married I, and they've been grooming this you know, woman to, yeah. well, you know, the whole, I, I whatever have, you like. And, I'm right. looking at my notes here and there's two quick things before we get to that that I want to point out. One is a little one, but did anyone think it was odd that, like, his bedroom, the door to his bedroom had, like, this wall graphic of a volcano erupting? Did anyone notice that? I did not notice that. Okay. And the second thing was when he's, you know, they're playing up that everyone does everything for him. He just opens his mouth and the guy brushes it. Right. It was, like, half a second. Yeah. Like, he needs to go to, like, the Lincoln Hawk school of how to brush teeth. (laughs) Because that was so spare. Like his whole teeth would have rotted out by the time he was fifteen. Well, so we're talking was, about a perhaps two teeth, and that's it. <laughs> that's a perhaps it. side by side of Lincoln Hawks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, this movie didn't need to fill like seven minutes with somebody brushing their teeth because they actually had enough content for like a full hundred minutes of of cinema. That's a good point. That's a good point. One of the first things you definitely notice is uh, Eddie Murphy's character's accent, which apparently he was. Maybe part Jamaican, <laughs> maybe part British, maybe not really sure. Part something else, and it's it kind of comes and goes a little bit, and it seems unnecessary. Right? Does does the king? Does his dad have an accent? That seems like James Earl Jones's regular voice. Yeah, that that he didn't seem like he was putting on an accent. Yeah, I don't all. think we needed to either. No. Did you find it weird at the? They have that enormous table that they're having breakfast at, in. The king has chosen to sit right next to his wife, like for whatever thirty years. Like, come on, like put her down at the other end. Have her use the intercom. Well, just like they said uh, to Akim, though, uh, don't they always assume that the king probably slept with his bathers? Yeah. Of course, but they, and they haven't seen Akim in a year. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? I mean, it's there's the castle. We've seen in the, the castle from the outside. It ain't that big. Yeah. <laughs> They haven't seen him in a year, and my other observation at the beginning is 
uh, we'll get to you know numbers on what this cost to make and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But one thing they didn't spend a whole lot of money on was props surrounding the royal crown. Yes. <laughs> I have that as, written down as too. Basically, King Joffy Joffer is wearing like a paper crown you would get at Burger King <laughs> with like some fake jewels pasted on it. His crown. It looked like as a kid when you got the Halloween costume and then your parents like tried to dress it up by like gluing <laughs> yeah. on little add-ons. It took like some Jolly Ranchers. And- <laughs> do, do you think things like that were intentional parody? Yes. Because See, I, I don't. Do. I don't at because all. Because they do go like out of the way to make them seem overly opulent. You yeah. know, when... when <laughs> I can't think of the the, the the guy's name. The guy that sings your queen to be, but he, he has like the oh Yeah, oh <laughs> They have all have like when they go to New York and they all have the animal head yeah, and have, the rose petals. It's like, I think they go out of their way to like make it a bit like... He's wearing the, the, lion, the lion sash, the, the lion head. head. It's, it's so just, great. It just seems like that that has to be intentional. Like I think some of it was. It's not like some filmmaker thinking like, yes, we have to make them no, seem was, just really rich. It's like, what would somebody that had so much money that is, they just have like f u amounts of money? Yeah. What would they do? Go kill that lion so I can <laughs> wear him around Where my shoulder. I thought it was velvet. It was lion. Yeah. True. <laughs> um. I always think it's funny that before the the wedding that there's a guy outside selling royal engagement T-shirts. <laughs> yes. Such a good bit. They're, those have to be available. Oh, yeah. If you found the Lincoln you. Hawk tournament yeah, shirt, you have say, to if Dave's going to show up wearing a Von Erich t shirt tonight, the, yeah, Dave the is Royal. winning the t shirt contest of the entire world right now with his Von Erich shirt. We got Mike, Carrie, and Kevin. You might need to post a picture of that on Twitter because I know one at real Gustav would be very interested in the, the shirt you're currently wearing. Um, I will post that when this episode releases. Full, full release. <laughs> we have full release of this episode. Did anybody else? I wrote down uh, just about his, and I know we're, when he gets to the barbershop, we take care of it, but the ridiculous ponytail, whatever that is, rat tail. It's his lock. He's been growing it since birth. <laughs> nobody else has anything resembling that. That's only nobody else is a prince. <sighs> Speaking of other things that were unnecessary, so when him and Simi, the great Arsenio Hall, are having their little workout, yeah. Um, did it? Obviously, the point of that was to show like their buddies and they do this stuff together, and then fast forward to it comes in handy later yeah, to set the groundwork for later. Right. But unnecessary amount of backflips <laughs> again. Like, is it? I think that's done on purpose. I know, but with it's like in mind. It, we yeah. don't need to think of Akeem as an action superstar that's never going to come into play except for one twelve-second clip later. <laughs> And how difficult would it be to do that exercise or training and also carry on a conversation? Yeah. Like they're having the conversation in rhythm with all the <laughs> stick and cane moves. And other than the lion, like uh, the king and Oha, they all have like normal like suits, like suit jackets. Like they have some crowns and some other stuff. But then Akeem's wearing like the Aladdin pants that go up <laughs> to his chest. Like, what is it's that? Like a polo outfit, yeah. right? With the number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to let everyone know, <laughs> just in case there was any doubt, who's number one? So, did either of you guys want to suggest before your weddings that she's your queen? Was <laughs> okay. So we got to stop for discuss this for a moment because this was a big stop down. Okay. Uh, there was a cousin 
uh, of mine that, and he actually now he like his job is he's in a band. He okay. could do the Oha Man. imitation and would sing this way. They stayed with us uh, at our house one summer, and of yeah. course, you know, this is during the time when I'm watching it, and he's the same way. In fact. I told him we were doing this, and he was, like, pleading with me. He's like, can you please call me on the phone and let me be a fourth-person guest on this this episode? I want to be on the so bad. But he would sing She's Your Queen to Be yeah. just incessantly, and it was the funniest thing, like, just to bust out of it in the middle of a restaurant or the middle of a... <laughs> Completely free of infection. Yeah, I was say, yeah. Queen will do whatever his highest desires. <laughs> to be used free at, from infection. To be used at your discretion to cr- quench your royal fire. <laughs> Maybe that was the the homage to the volcano uh, on the door. I don't know. That's, oh that's another... I mean, there's several parts that will never not be funny, but that's one that just... I can't watch it without a laugh-out-loud moment. So yeah. you, you want my conspiracy theory... I'll go for and it. And we may be getting into uh, partial recalls territory of claiming the old man toy owner in Home Alone 2 was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my theory. Simi, King Joffer's illegitimate son with one of his bathers. Okay, wow. well, you got to support the theory. One, he's kind of treats him like a son. Like, he's always disappointed in him. And it never really explains, like, the background of their friendship. Yeah, yeah and, and, like, you would think, he, like, he would have, like, a buttoned-up guy, like, Oha as his handler. Yeah. Right. But it's just, like, Simi, some clown that he just runs around with as a buddy. And Simi does seem to get away with being a lot uh, more free and easy with his dialogue around the royal family. True. Yeah. Hmm. Although I think there is a scene a little bit later when he's pretty alarmed when he opens the door. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part. So as far as, uh, I don't know, this is just my thing watching this movie. One of the only parts that I can just go ahead and hit the fast forward through is the wedding ceremony and the five, the minute, five minute thriller dance yeah. that we get. Which well, it may, it, oh, go, sorry. Go I was going to say, like the first time I saw it or whatever, it was, I mean, it's it's impressive routine it's pretty cool but, but once yeah, i've seen it, it the movie 500 times i'm like yeah we, i don't need to if see i, I can get this movie so. down to about a solid 140 145 running yeah. time and you're not gonna miss anything but but something else i i had in my notes in i and i remember even thinking this as a kid when he when he kind of confronts the woman that he's supposed to marry and has her bark like a dog and stuff i never really thought that was that funny of a scene and it goes on for a pretty long it time. Does. Yeah. And like, I, I kind of get the point, but, but I never really found any part of that, that humorous. Like that's kind of one part of the movie where I'm just like, all right, we get the point. Like, let's go. It's just kind of low level. There's also yeah. a weird part where he kind of breaks the fourth wall where he's having her bark and then he kind of like looks at the camera. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. Yeah. It doesn't fit with they the rest of the that, movie. They do that more than one time. I'm trying to think of... I know there's more than one okay, time Okay, that's the only that. time I picked up on it. But I will say in the wedding scene when... Um, of course, he's done the whole thing about, like, I want to, you know, a girl that is, you know, whatever my intellectual equal or I can talk to you. And then that Rouse fat... my intellect yeah, as well as my Yeah, that woman comes out. Yeah. And him and Simi are like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That made me laugh. Yeah. Arouse my intellect as well as my loins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But anyways, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie that completely went over my head when I was a uh, young man is the ultimate decision is that he's going to come back uh, 
and have the wedding, but he gets the chance to go out and sow his royal oats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's a line, if you talk about you quoting it all the time, that's a line that probably, like, Tommy teenager to Tommy 25-year-old used way too much as far as, <laughs> where are you going? Well, I'm going to go out and sow my royal oats. <laughs> so uh, great. Um, before we move on from the wedding, I don't know if there's anything else, but one line that cracked me up as a kid and still cracks me up is when uh, the king comes back and says, you know, he's going to, we're delaying the wedding 40 days. He's going to take a trip. And Oha just yells at the wedding <laughs> guests, prepare the yeah, royal luggage. Yeah. And they're all looking at each that's what the king tells him like specific instruction propel the royal baggage and he just turns and yells it to somebody else (laughs) yeah that's great so and then so they end up when they're coming to america they end up going to new york just based on a coin flip right i think isn't akeem on one side of the coin yes yes he definitely is very arbitrary selection of queens yes well yeah you know fit for a king i just want the remake when instead of their choices la or new york it's like you know, Dallas or New York, and then they pull off the map and they're like, all right, what about Hearst? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very regal. They end up at Bedford Boys Ranch, a pickup game. Pickup game. But, um, so then we get to, we get to America. Yes. And it's very well established how they're trying to fit in, but they're dressed in these nice furs <laughs> and jewelry. They have 99 suitcases. They show up with the most ridiculous amount of luggage right. humanly possible. Why? I understand Akeem is trying to find himself a little bit as well as maybe find someone who's not just arranged for him from yes. a mate standpoint. And he's wanting to experience the world and different things. But why is he so obsessed and fascinated with poverty <laughs> not like be, great point. not like be a regular person like i want to be destitute <laughs> i like, think he really thinks that's what regular people are yeah he's so out of touch with reality because of the uh jaffe jaffar <laughs> he can't just you know be a college student living in a nice apartment right like in brooklyn just hanging out living a normal life he's got to go to queens and he's fascinated a country so free that you could throw your garbage into the street, which he picks up. Yeah. Oh goodness. So. So we get so we get there, and then we're, he's fascinated as he hears. Yeah. He he's across the street. We get the first inkling of the. Uh, but he can hear. Hey, look, real Americans. Real Americans inside the mighty shark mighty Bobby sharp. barber shop. And did you notice on the the mighty sharp sign? Like, just cartoon or caricature style, there was two black faces and two white faces. Okay. And other than the guy that's in there all the time, not one other white soul ever stepped foot in that barbershop. Like, if you walked in there, uh, what was his name? Clarence would just look like, I have no idea what to do with your hair. So, and I think this is pretty cliche because everybody's had this note, but the first, they, they cut to the first scene in the barbershop and they're given a young guy a haircut. So yeah. we, and do we know, we all know who that was. Yes. yes. Cuba. Cuba Gooding Jr. And, but I also saw that that is his first movie it ever, is. which makes Very sense. I mean, he's he's yeah. essentially a kid. And you did notice that through that whole scene, they didn't cut any oh, of his hair. Oh, it's the fakest haircut. <laughs> the scissors are like three feet above his head, just snipping over and over as Clarence is... <laughs> I'm going on and on about I Mike Tyson that, and Joe Lewis. 
Clarence may not be a very good barber. <laughs> no. uh, I think there's a heavy implication there that Clarence may not be a very good, very strong in the uh, barbering. Uh, but I, I wonder about that too. Why couldn't they make it look real? I I don't know. That is. A good I think it, it is just kind of the the whole parody of Clarence, and just and of course you know the haircut that he later gives Hakeem. <laughs> yeah, the only <laughs> he make it nice and neat haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get to meet we get to meet next uh, a, a very underrated character in my opinion, which is the property manager oh, of the apartment uh, complex. So great. And he issues a, a one, another one of my favorite lines, which we repeated all the time, which is. Damn shame what they did to that dog. <laughs> okay. So when they, they they request a room that is very poor. Very common. <laughs> used to rent it to a blind man who was murdered, apparently, because there's blood on the wall when they walk in, and there's a chalk outline of the man, of his dog, and then for some reason of his cane. <laughs> I do not remember the cane until I watched it this time. I always remember the dog, but I had that same note. I was like, why, did why they- is the cane in the outline? I never realized there was blood on the wall when yeah. they walked in. Yeah, and, and uh, this is the first one of the first continuity problems in the movie. So it's very clearly stated that there's one window facing a brick wall. Yes. Uh, and yeah. then there is a scene later when Akeem's yelling up to uh, Simi uh, at the window and... It's not facing a brick wall, and there's two windows. So uh, there is a little continuity mm, issue there. Does anybody, Small, but, but it does exist. I, I didn't look into this. How was Arsenio Hall cast in this movie? Was he just buddies with Eddie Murphy? Because I can't imagine he's been in more than four movies in his career. No, but he is incredible in this movie. Oh, I think he's great, but it's just the fact that he's basically in this. He, I can't remember if he was in Harlem Nights with Eddie Murphy, but then like beyond that... So was he was he doing his talk show at this time? Or? I don't think so. I don't think that was started he just a until like comedian. Maybe that was it. Just stand up. I don't think he started to do his talk show till like a couple years after this. Okay. Are you are you always distracted by his hands like I am? They're very large. He has the longest fingers <laughs> I've ever seen. I think he was in a Paula Abdul video around this time too. Well, Paula Abdul did the choreography for the uh, long dance. Whoa! Oh, look, got walking that, Wikipedia. Over I don't here. know if you were just making a joke comment, but that actually is part of it. Is the thriller dance at a really high it tempo? Is? Yeah, I no. Wow, so I mean, I'm learning, looked, I'm learning lots of things I didn't. It know looks right familiar, now. but I didn't like directly put that together. Yeah. I was just kind of thinking about it. It, it just looked, had some similarities. Yeah, I read that today. I didn't know that. Like watching it, I'm not yeah. that into the thriller dance. No, 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 no. no. No, I I watched it and had no idea. I just looked like a bunch of people gyrating and frenetically shaking to me. So now they've they've got their place of inhabitants. Now it's time to go out and meet and women meet some, and meet some women. So need to go out to the club and we get the montage of wheels off women of all kinds. I will say, well, first I will say I'm sure just knowing, you know. Like when we get extras with movies now, I'm sure they probably had 30 of those women. Yeah. And I would love to see a deleted scene because not all of them, some of them were kind of dumb. But the one that cracked me up is there's like that real hot white chick and she's only on there for a second. And she's like, Yeah, I'm into the group thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Simmy gets this real big smile yeah. on his face. Oh, that one cracked yeah, the me first up. First one, they walk up and they're they're like, "Hi!" And, she, and the girl just lady just turns, woman just turns and says, "I have a secret. I worship the devil." <laughs> Such a great, 
great scene. So should we uh, should we say why that they had trouble meeting women at any of these places? Gotta go to a nice, quiet yeah, place. They, they went to the wrong kind of places. Good, clean place. Yeah, like a church, a library. Meet good, women good there. Good girl in there. Good, clean women. Well, this place I'm going right now. <laughs> black awareness <laughs> rally. This black awareness the rally. black awareness rally is the best, in my opinion, is the best scene of this movie and one of the best scenes in movie <laughs> history. So, is it fair to say that we've probably over the years compared a lot of people to Randy Watson? <laughs> yes, <laughs> who we meet at the black awareness rally, who once played Joe the policeman in the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. <laughs> That's my mama. So yeah, this is this is the best scene of the entire movie in in my opinion. Yeah, there's several bits that happen here. Yeah, that the are preachers, just... the preachers rambling, who's going on about how look at these women. This is how you know God exists because He created this. Turn around, ladies. <laughs> are you show really? that ass? Hugh Hefner can't do this. Only God he above. He calls him the Hugh Hefner in the sky. No. Hugh Hefner on high. Hugh yeah. Hefner on high. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, oh, that scene. That scene's amazing because. Well, all three, well, the white barber guy isn't there. No, he's not there. But the other three are there, and they're amazing. Oh, yes. man. And they, so have a, they have an in- incident with the offering plate That's, that is another bit. And another another <laughs> bit, obviously, and another thing that I will tell you every time that I go to church and they pass the offering plate, I have a thought in my head: Is, is somebody going to put a piece of chicken, <laughs> chicken on the plate or the basket? And somebody's going to be like, "Donation, donation!" I thought it was the trash. I thought it was the trash. So, who? What's the name of the guy who thinks Randy Watson is great? What's oh, it? I I had his name. Oh. Somebody, yeah, I meant to look that up. I don't even know I never, if they ever refer to him by name or not. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, the line of "damn that boy good" <laughs> is also something that was frequently repeated yeah. by teenage show. Good and terrible. <laughs> yes, good but, and terrible. But what's great about that guy? Obviously, he's the only guy in the barbershop that's not Eddie Murphy or Arsenio Hall. Right, but he. Like, he has the strong, positive opinions on Randy Watson. And then outside of that, he just, like, cuts down Clarence. Like, man, you ain't never met no freaks. Like, he's always contradicting him. That's all he does. Just tells him everything. His entire life is a lie. So, is it possible... This is this is deep thinking, but when Randy Watson finishes his performance, is it possible that the term drops the mic came from this movie? Man... I've, I'm very curious to know because he does the mic drop. He does. Yeah. And he does the Elvis smooth yes. yeah. exiting, but the, is it possible, exiting the stage. Is it possible that Randy Watson is responsible for drop the mic? I can't I think of an earlier instance. Yeah. Somebody think of one and we'll give them credit. Otherwise, this movie gets credit. We'll entertain those possibilities. And it also this scene also introduces us to... Cleo McDowell and and Lisa obviously and right. McDowell's restaurant yeah. because as McDowell's they're, they're catering it, McDowell's is I, I don't know that they're catering I think they're selling okay I think McDowell's I don't think McDowell does things for free I don't think Cleo does things for free yeah maybe not but I think they are selling McDowell they're probably selling Big Mix at the uh, oh yeah but Black Awareness that was also in that scene where you know they're out in the hall and a guy comes up and Cleo's just like. Oh, one of the good stuff or something like that. It's yeah. like, what? what is that? Uh, if I go to McDonald's and say, give me one of the good stuff, I'm like, what do they, what do they give me? <laughs> you, yeah, you'd think he would feel like anything you ordered would be the good stuff. Yeah. 
Oh man! And then the I guess the other thing that happens that's important for later is that uh, we meet Daryl. Yeah, yeah, we meet Daryl. Shown and Akeem slips a lot of money into the takes the whole money roll into the into there. the offering plate while Daryl uh, declines to put right. any money in there. Yes, and we're and we develop soon the irony that Akeem is competing with the Prince of Soul Glow for Lisa when he also in fact is a prince. Yes. yes. So, uh, Some, a nice juxtaposition in this yeah, movie, if you will. So we transition from there to the first uh, scene at McDowell's, the restaurant. And I've got a little bit of information about McDowell's that you guys might be interested in. All right. So where where the, the exterior shots of the restaurant is actually in, in New York. Uh, and care to guess, it, it, it is no longer there, but it was a fast food restaurant. Um. Is it on or off of Queens Boulevard? Yes. Because, are you serious? Yeah. Oh. But it's not there anymore. Oh, okay. It's, because it's been torn down, I guess, for quite some time. Okay. Because like a few years ago, I had to take a work trip into New York, and I flew into LaGuardia, and then got a cab, and we get on the, the high freeway or whatever, and like three or four X's <laughs> the up, guy I call see- you a dumb ass. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> we get on, and there's a sign like. Two and a quarter miles ahead, an exit for Queens Boulevard. And I was tempted to just be like, dude, can you exit? And we just drive up and down just in case McDowell's is there. Okay, go ahead. No, but I, but just judging by watching the movie recently, do you, do you know what type of restaurant it was? I mean, it's built just like a McDonald's. It's actually not a McDonald's. This is, this is I guess, somewhat of a trick question. That, I would have guessed McDonald's because it does look yes. like it's actually a, a Chili's. No, it's actually a Wendy's. Okay, huh. but right. here's here's the funny part, and this is where continuity part two comes in. A lot of the movie was actually filmed in Los Angeles, which was very common at the time because the uh, the idea of you know setting up on site and and uh, you know being able to staff and pull that off is not as as feasible as it is now. Well, what ends up happening is a lot of the interior shots of McDonald's were shot at a McDonald's in Los Angeles exteriors were shot uh at the wendy's in queens well there's a lot of situations where when they're outside it's either snowing or cloudy but when they're inside it's clearly sunny looking <laughs> out the window i've never noticed this until watching it, reading yeah. it and then watching it this time but there's several instances where that happened and then there's another thing that's not not as noticeable but the the first once they get hired and they're they're uh soaping up the windows and right. arguing about what to do the amount of soap on the windows changes every time they cut back and forth to the shot, yeah, which is pretty hilarious. Those windows uh, are going to be clean because that, that is just you know there's some there's some shots where there's just tons of soap and there's right. some where there's none and it do- doesn't make any sense uh, why things are going back and forth the way they are. So in this opening opening uh, where they go to McDowell's, they get they get hired right. and good old Cleo, who is also an amazing character. Oh, yes. It's going back favorites. to the, he's always, he's making as much money as possible. Is he potentially, like, paying these guys bottom dollar? One, because no Akeem, is, he loves poverty. And secondly, he's like, these are foreign guys. <laughs> I could just pay them, like, half minimum wage yeah. and they'll work. There's no <laughs> doubt they're making below minimum wage. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, there's several things in that scene that I wanted to point out. Well, one, it's funny, is that's when he sees the guy with the camera that he thinks is from McDonald's, which is a whole, because later he has, like, the owner's manual, the franchise yeah. manual. But 
the thing that's great about it is it's clearly established that there's only one McDowell's location. Right. Do you think McDonald's is that concerned? No. Like they would have a, a hard problem shutting down <laughs> yeah. a place that their main product, the only difference between it and McDonald's is they have no seeds on the buns. Which is genius, but <laughs> the other other reason that they might get shut down is in that same scene, he's showing them the back. He takes the guy off the grill because Cleo's going to do it himself. Flip the burgers. Touches yeah, the touches raw them. side yeah. of the burger and then like touches six other things in the kitchen. <laughs> and then later in another scene, Akeem, I think it's Akeem, Akeem or Simi, is dumping like the dirty mop bucket like right next to where Louis Anderson is washing the lettuce and it's splashing as like the health board would have shut down McDowell's like month like, one. Not that he would know any different, but did you like Akeem's first attempt at mopping? <laughs> he just takes the bucket on the wheels, he's just smiling. Smiling at And Simmy's like nodding, like oh he's nailing it. And then, great. and then uh when he mops the carpet <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> and you can clearly hear the the uh, on the audio track it changed from it being like dur, 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 to just like so, like you're they're soaking over the carpet. So great. Oh, oh so funny. So then, uh, I think soon after that, so they've started working there, and um, Daryl shows up again. I just know the next time Daryl comes to into the scene at McDowell's, one of the things I didn't notice before. For whatever reason, even though it's kind of obvious, they follow him in his car, and he's driving down Queens Boulevard, like in the far left lane. And when he gets to McDowell's, it's like he realizes, "Oh, this is where I need to be." He he turns right in front of like all of traffic <laughs> to pull in there. Like two other cars have to just basically slam on their brakes as he's so entitled. Traffic, other well, cars do not matter. And Daryl Daryl is just such a toolbox the whole time. And they're, they're I'm going to show you guys this, but this on, is uh, on that scene oh, in. Sorry. You never know if it's just part of like the background score, or was Daryl listening to the Soul Glow song like in his car? Oh, I think he was listening because it's it. definitely no, no, playing no, think, in one yeah. scene where you, okay. My take is that he's listening to yeah. it. Yeah, so ridiculous. But this is another kind of funny continuity thing. But first of all, they they make Daryl out to be such a tool. But this is the first time he's leaving McDowell. So you see here, he underhand tosses his milkshake straight up in the air, and then right. when they cut to. Uh, Akeem, it just like flies and hits him right in the chest. There's several instances in the instances in the movie where something gets thrown at an angle, and then when they cut to the next scene, it's flying at a completely different angle. At the very end, when she throws the earrings oh, on yes. the train, and she clearly throws them straight down, and then he catches them. Yeah, like, that's bad. Yeah, there's that, there's some but... definite continuity issues with throwing, catching, being hit by things in this movie. And again, you wonder if they did that on purpose or. I'm going to chalk that or one up not. to poor editing. You're, you're probably right. All but right. What, I think what happens what, what happens next is he he kind of gets to, Akeem gets to experience Daryl and, and thinks that's like what he needs to emulate because yes. he heads immediately to Mighty Sharp to get the soul glow. Yeah. Why do you want to do that? I like the way you wear your hair naturally. <laughs> Like Dr. Boys King. Wear their hair like yeah, that. and then we get to the whole Dr. King story, which is great because he's telling this story and his Clarence's whole story is he's walking in wherever it was in like nineteen sixty or whatever, and he turns the corner and somebody just hits him in the chest. The exact opposite thing you would expect Dr. Martin Luther King to do Martin Luther the King, sir. Is is to punch someone <laughs> punch someone in the chest as they round a corner. 
and then has the oddest uh, owl ever of, oops, I'm sorry, I thought you were somebody else. Because <laughs> he was always just punching people. But boy, talk about another another uh, little playlet that was repeated over and over <laughs> and over again. Oh, I'm pretty certain that if not now, I, back in the day, I would just recite the entire barbershop scenes. Oh, they were amazing. Word. Yeah, I would too. And could only do it word for word with the original, like when it was just like me and my cousins and we were the only ones at the <laughs> house to, or whatever. You had to edit it yeah. the other times. Yeah. So he does two things. He does two things that he saw Daryl do. Well, one, he tries to get the Daryl look, which thankfully Clarence talks him out of. And then two, he realizes Daryl flashes money around with his car. So he decides yeah. to send a gift. I don't remember the earrings being that, well, that much. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So you guys have caught that then, the value of the earrings. Because I don't yeah, remember that. $500,000. Yeah, $500,000 well, earrings. Because it didn't dawn on me at a young age, but when they show up to deliver the earrings to, to Lisa, there's a policeman yes. with the guy delivering. And I never picked up on that as a kid. But yeah. then they're free to just give them to her sister. That's a good point. Like, yeah. don't you wait for the real yeah. person? And Lisa's dumb enough. She's been around Daryl to think that Daryl's got... I mean, Daryl is is like the 30K a year millionaire. Daryl yeah. doesn't have $500,000. Well, to that point, neither do the McDowell's. Like, how is she keeping those as earrings? Right. She needs to sell it. She to needs buy... to sell it and then have $500,000. Right. Get another franchise. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe buy some more ground beef. Maybe. Build up some more big mix. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Oh goodness! So, and then the whole point of Akeem starting to work there was to his the advice from Clarence was he needed to get in good with her father, yes. and that was the key. So, in the course of his employment, he tries to strike up a conversation, something that we've referenced at least two to three times Many on this show. show. Yes, about the. <laughs> The Packers of Green Bay and the Giants of New York kicking the oblong ball through the Big H. So, two points there. One, how did Cleo not watch the Giants game? What kind of New Yorker Jets is he? Fan. Yeah, he does have the Jets. Daryl's family had season yeah, the tickets Jets to the Jets. Oh, ah, okay. So, maybe he doesn't care about the Giants. And second, this film was 88. NFL wasn't using Giant H. Mm. They oh, had real goalposts. Wow! So I didn't even that's have that. I didn't even point. have that in my. It would be list. maybe a Y. Yes, but it wouldn't have been a big H. But so, it sounds funnier. It, no, it, it's hilarious. But <laughs> yeah. So along the sports theme, I think pretty short order after that they head to the St. John's game, which <laughs> there is no way St. John's was playing in that game. I was trying to look and see if you could tell. What well, I thought Daryl says it's St. John's. Well, that's. No, but I'm I'm saying whatever footage we were watching was not St. John's. I don't think okay. so. I was trying last night to read if you could read anything on any of the jerseys. But I mean they had to I mean they were at Madison Square Garden. They had to stage something there, but right. I feel like that was just 10 random humans that they had and then they do the thing where they have like 200 people there and they make it look like 15,000. Yeah, there yeah. are some some scenes where you can clearly see, but of course, I mean, yeah. I don't know that they sell out Madison Square Garden for a random no. NCAA game anyways, so I, I, I don't find that completely unbelievable. So in that, and I'm trying to look it up, but in that scene, the other, there's a cameo when he, 
meets the loyal subject of Zamunda at the bathroom. And I just read this in one of my notes is it says Eddie Murphy's brother makes a cameo, but I I don't think it's Charlie. Did he have another brother? Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to look it up right now. I'll, I mean, the I'll, guy that he meets was in line for the bathroom has looks a lot like current Clippers coach Doc <laughs> Rivers. I wonder if the cameo is the guy that takes their picture. Maybe so. Who just oh, nods, no, here, well, who just it says, it says there's a Uncle Ray Murphy, uncle of Eddie and Charlie Murphy. So that's who okay, it was. So that's who it was. His okay. uncle. Well, so there you go. Right, but... Also, also hilarious scene that two guys from Zamunda, well, I think, are working. Are we sure they both were, or was it just the one? And then the other guy was just bowing to follow. Well, he was both had the uniforms on, but he might have just been bowing uh, because he saw the other guy do it. Because he didn't want a picture, so yeah. maybe only the. the I guy think he only met the, the main guy was a subject of Zamunda. Was it like how it's so dated that camera they used to take the picture. <laughs> I had a camera very similar to that. It had the so weird great. plastic thing whatever that was the flash so whatever. no selfies were being taken now no. now glenn why did uh akeem suddenly go to the bathroom <laughs> because lisa's sister was a little handy <laughs> under there and uh, that wasn't that, another thing that i never obviously never picked up on as a as a youth was like he gets up because he's trying to get out of the situation and he's very careful to hold, hold his jacket over his crotch well i remember in the the tv edited version obviously you don't know what's going on but i remember watching that and wondering why he was holding his jacket so funny yeah and now it all makes sense. It all makes sense. All adds up. Uh-oh. Yeah, and Daryl... Because Patrice couldn't keep her hands to her Patrice, yeah. And Daryl, even more of an a-hole here. And, well... And Daryl, in this scene, is making fun of Akeem, like, you know, making fun of sports. And then he's it's also, like... He's making fun of him because he's African. Yeah, he's like, because he's from I Africa. bet it's weird wearing clothes. What was Daryl wearing? He was wearing, like, some fringe poncho... <laughs> Like, you need to you need to calm down, Daryl, and look in the mirror. Oh, uh, that scene's funny though. Daryl's such a Daryl's such a tool too. Man. Great character though. Yeah, great, great character. You needed yeah you needed the villain. You did absolutely. So he he filled that purpose. So, um, I think next we get back to McDowell's. I think next is when we meet Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. where we get back to McDowell's, and this is after. Sam Jackson comes in, who's apparently robbed this same McDowell's like four times before. There's only one McDowell's. He As just Cleo keeps points the same, out. He just keeps hitting the same location once over he, and over. Once again. he comes in, and any chance he's working for McDonald's? Mm. Took it, the money. Took it to the streets. Maybe so. But once, uh, and Sam Jackson is hilarious <laughs> in, this, so great. in this two and a half minutes. Just. So vulgar, so direct. I love that. And and what do we think? How long do we think Akeem and Simi have been in America? Yeah, how long? That maybe the a week timeline. I, I would say maybe a little longer than that. Yeah, that because they had to have worked there for a little while to establish some level of trust with everybody there. Yeah. I do. Well, Akeem in this amount of time has gone from not knowing any swear words and what they mean, to now he's policing everyone, yeah. including an armed robber, right. on what what vocal or what uh, words they use. My favorite part is Tommy's watching it right now, but when he, he gets up and he tells him not to use obscenities, and he just looks at him and he goes, who the F is this asshole? 
And Daryl's cowering behind the table. Yeah, of course. Yes. And is it the insult hurled by Simi at the end of diseased rhinoceros? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever said that to anybody? I have not. <laughs> I have not used that one. That one would cause too many question marks. But I think this was the point where he he began to win Lisa's heart. Yes. Well, yeah, because because Daryl uh, is hiding behind the table and then gives the very flimsy excuse that he didn't want to spill his drink. <laughs> or he would have gotten involved, but he didn't want to spill his drink. Yeah. And then it also somewhat gets the name good with Cleo. Yes, and he gets yeah. the invite, but but not we're gonna exactly work at the party. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an invite to one be a valet and the other to be a bartender. Yeah, not to really come yes. to the party. But you guys get to go to Cleo's house. And did you guys True. notice in the tour, which makes perfect sense, giving Cleo in the tour of the house, there's a very nice framed painting. Of the McDowell's building, like of the restaurant, yes. yeah, which is so great. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I didn't notice that. And uh, of course, I was I was going through the guest list at the party, but the the pastor is uh, is in attendance, as he should be. Um. Also, so, and we can kind of speed ahead here. So, Cleo and Daryl. Unbeknownst to Lisa, which is a very strange play, it's a it's a bold bold move. Yeah, I don't. I never. I, I guess is this the whole? Been listening to Clarence too much. or similarity to what what was happening in Zamunda? Yes. essentially this is arranged. I think they're so. both getting out of an arranged marriage situation. Yes, because uh, Cleo and Daryl have conspired. But he, that that's never gonna fly. This this is not. Amish country or something like that where the woman's not going to have any choice or I don't even know if that's accurate. I'm just throwing Amish as random. <laughs> well, I, th- I think if she just say, no, I'm not doing that and that's the end of it. Yeah, I think I think Cleo and Daryl just assumed that they were just speeding up the inevitable. I don't think they yeah. think she would take a such a hard 180 that she did. But there's the great scene where he calls up all the Soul Glow parents yeah, with a huge you, stain on the couch. Well, how do you clean Soul Glow off your couch? I don't. There's no way. Okay. Um, but one thing I did find odd. So Lisa gets mad. Akeem goes out to comfort her. Why did Cleo have a swing set? <laughs> all his kids are like 20. Do you think it was some kind of weird sexual sexual thing? No. Is that He's where you go outside? But he has this like nice house that's all you know fixed up does he has no little kids around is cleo married do we ever see yeah he said something about they lost his wife (laughs) like at a (laughs) department store or like she's dead he was at a mcdonald's with her she took a trip to zamunda (laughs) and never came back no that is mentioned okay that is mentioned so then he was traveling cross country to be at her funeral or her surgery and was late. <laughs> Different movie, sorry. Yeah, uh, her father was just a real piece of work. Went to her psychiatric ward where she had killed herself and put yeah. James 1 9 on her forehead. And Terry Funk kicked a door down. It was crazy. <laughs> so uh, after this, I think, is when Akeem convinces Lisa to. Well, he's going to cook for her. Yes. Right. Things are starting to starting to definitely 
heat up a little bit between them. Yes. And she and she's very interested in seeing his place, so he's going to cook for her. So another another reference anytime if you don't really want somebody to come over to your house, you just mentioned that you have a big rat. <laughs> As he opens the door, and he, he had told Simi was tired of doing manual labor, living the way they were Simi living. Simi wasn't going to go to work. And yeah, that's right. And he basically just said, You want this place to be clean? Fix this place up. Well, he then just takes however much money to like rewire. How do you? I guess they built the hot tub yeah, in there. Yeah, full hot tub in there. Can yeah, imagine, I wondered about where that. Where are they running the water from? No other apartment in the building has running water yeah. now. It's all going. Yeah. There's your continuity. Well, there's a, there's another continuity problem here. And this is kind of a stretch, but it is true because I went back and verified it. But when they tour the apartment, when they first move in there and you see the... the I feel like it was configured differently. Well, no, it wasn't that, but there was absolutely... So now remember, Akeem thinks the apartment still looks like that. Yeah. So, so this doesn't take into account anything Simi may have done. There's no kitchen in the apartment, and they're bringing back groceries to cook dinner. <laughs> but there's clearly, you see the entire apartment, there's no kitchen in the apartment. That's a great, that's a good point. Yeah, Yeah. so there's another continuity here. Now, we don't know if, if uh, Simi had the Property Brothers and Chip and JoJo's come in and Maybe. open concept, I put mean, an island if in, if he's stainless got, like, appliances. The, the fluorescent lights, <laughs> like the fluorescent Miller light sign from a bar right. and a hot tub and but a But technically, Akeem doesn't know that. So yeah. he was taking her to cook dinner in an apartment with no kitchen. So they end up going out to eat. And then did you guys did you guys stand up and put your hand over your heart as they walked past the Twin Towers? I didn't know. I didn't, notice no, that. I did notice that. You didn't notice that? No. I noticed it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, then, and then there's a cameo right behind that. And you get that, right? Yes, I have. You get that. I didn't get it at the time, but I get it now because I've seen, I've seen Trading Places. Okay, now. yeah. So I have they, not seen Trading Places the first thousand times I watched this movie. Maybe that's another. Have you seen Trading yeah. Places? That's okay. a good movie. Oh, so I'm man, watching. It's, that might be next week because right. <laughs> I'm watching I Trading Places 10 or 15 years later, and all of a sudden I'm like. It's Randolph yeah, and Mortimer. Yeah, Mortimer. Yeah, I'm holding up the number one. <laughs> Which, how much money could that be? I mean, in that paper sack that they're 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 living under, you know, cardboard boxes and a few quilts, and now they're back as far as being in the financial <laughs> services stock market scene. I mean, how many hundreds can you fit into a to-go sack? I've got three thousand dollars. You want me to get a bag and let you know? Wow. I'll sleep out here under uh, some rugs in your backyard if you'll drop it off. <laughs> but a great cameo, though. Yes. And then, I mean, then it was top Cameo that was lost on me for about 15 I mean, years. At the time, obviously, it was only like five years after that yeah. movie. But And obviously, you can't take things too seriously. No, no, no. But no. if you wanted to, you're like, why don't they recognize that's the same guy? <laughs> Billy Ray. Yeah. But how about this? How about if they were just broke? Uh, for some other reason, in the movie timeline sw- switches, so he gives them money there. Then they build up the financial Whoa. firm, and Damn then man. they find him. Wow! And then he then puts, they puts them back in the poorhouse over a <laughs> exactly. dollar. Yes, and my head just exploded. Wow! I I might need a moment here. <laughs> so, um, so we do that. I think then it goes to Simi telling Patrice that he's really the prince. Yes. Yeah, because she shows up at the right. apartment. So he needs a cover story. So of course he goes with that, which is not not bad. I, I feel like it. I feel like that if you're really gonna be a good bro, 
that there's some other thing than saying you're an African prince that you could go with as far as uh, like explaining the opulence. Simi's really good at DraftKings. <laughs> hey. Um, I feel good about that. I feel good about that. After that, so Simi sidesteps that. Then we get the great property manager again <laughs> with the, well, I'll just move in here. Yeah. I'm in apartment 1A, which is kind of which is kind of great, kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then this is the point where Zamunda royalty has returned. Well, Simi to, goes and the Western Union yes, scene is very funny because he needs a little bit of money, and that lady's reading it back to him. <laughs> then he wants to get two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and she's like, "Why not go a half million or a, Why million? Not a cool million? You don't think that would be too much? <laughs> no. <laughs> so they're alarmed that he's trying to get a million dollars wired over there. Right. So they he's come to money. check things. Yeah, they come to uh, to check things out. So mm. we didn't hit on this earlier, but Jaffe uh, Jafar. First, let's see if Glenn can you say the queen's name. Oh, uh, Aeolion. <laughs> Very good. A- a- alien. Yeah. Alien. Do you know? In a funny twist. That she was the voice of Sarabi, Mustafa's wife in The Lion King. Really? They were king and queen once again. And James Earl really? Jones was Mustafa. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Wow. Wow. Mic drop, and this movie created The Lion King, too. This movie did. This movie really created every comedy since. This is this movie's like a cinematic Bible. <laughs> it really is. In a movie where a dead lion was being worn as attire. It spawned the Lion King. It's a beautiful. Hey, wow. I, there's so many levels. I can't even climb all of these right <laughs> Seriously, now. Seriously, I mean, that's gotta Look be a that. that's gotta be a joke, right? <laughs> it's not even like a small lion. <laughs> it's like a full size lion. If I ever go to a Christmas pageant, that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> Where can I get a lion? Glenn, sash? you've seen the family, right? The family costume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. Incredible. Because he has the lion. Yeah, I have seen that. Before. Absolutely incredible. It's so great. Okay, so they, uh, so I guess this was because Akeem was bringing Lisa back to the apartment mm-hmm. for a second time because this was this was after they went to the museum. Yeah, and they're and they had wa- to rush out of there, walking through the Zamunda wing. <laughs> Which why would you even yes, risk it? Yeah, like he's like like how can there's a picture of him right there on the wall. <laughs> And he doesn't think about it because they like walk through part of it, and she's like, "Oh, this is Zamunda," and he's like, "Oh yeah," and he like no panic at all. When the first thing you think is, "There's a good chance there's a picture of me somewhere here." Right. Yeah, you think you would just let's deter, let's be like, "Ah, it's no big deal." It's sure it's like the only African nation that's just (laughs) covered in trees and mountains, but other than that, it's no big deal. There's a paper castle, and that's it. (laughs) So, but he. To distract her, starts kissing her in the museum, which apparently is going to lead directly to sex. Because uh, that's when. I mean, is there any more of a panty dropper than a museum? Because <laughs> they go and he sees the f- flower petals and was like, no, let's wait. Oh, and she's no. like, oh no, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> and get the mop. <laughs> Pick up some flowers on the way home. Put them through the house. So then he takes her back to Cleo's house, and he's trying to get free to go find the uh, Zamunda royalty that's now in town. The motorcade. Right. Which there was a flag on the Waldorf Astoria. Did you notice that later? Yes. 
opulence, you guys. I'm telling are you. We, are, would, we, would we be that accommodating to any nation other not than a, maybe China? Not any, not any African nation. Whoa, for sure. Wow. They need to work on their flag, too. There's too much going on on that flag. It looks very Jamaican. It does. It was in honor of the fake made-up accent, I think. All right, so... No, no, I'm not... Um, we go <laughs> we go back to uh, Cleo getting the phone call in his office, which I think is hilarious because he's talking on the hamburger <laughs> telephone. <laughs> which I want one of those so bad. If they made that as a cell phone right now, it just every time you get a call, you just flipped out the hamburger... And then there's also the great line because Louis Anderson, underrated. He's not in it very often, but funny. Yeah. Some great lines. Right. He comes in to tell Cleo that there's some people there to see him. And Cleo goes, are they from McDonald's? I don't think so. <laughs> he goes, I don't think But Louis Anderson's not positive. <laughs> they could be from McDonald's. Yeah. He's leaving the door open. Yeah. McDonald's might have sent a guy wearing a full-size lion head. <laughs> so then he figures out. They tell him directly. They tell oh, yeah. Cleo directly that he's the prince. Yeah, Jaffe Jofar is not going to beat around the bush. And then here. he hands it. Oh, oh, Oha pulls out the money. Yes. Right, and then the uh, the great line of, or he says it a little bit later, but yeah. When I say he's got his own money, he's got his own I mean, money. he's got his own money. He's like, you've so, really done it, a prince. King Jaffe Jofar. <laughs> Very hands-on when they get to America. Like, he doesn't send Oha in to talk to McDonald's. Like, he's... Doing everything himself at this yeah. point. I guess it gets serious when you think they've squandered several million dollars. Just, yeah, and he's trying to save his. He's trying to save Simba. He's trying to save Simba and his illegitimate son, Simba. Yeah, which but, was. But boy, does that turn Cleo's attitude towards Akeem around in a hurry. He starts being oh, so yeah. nice to Jackie. Yeah. He gets the. Uh, actually, I think that's later when he brings out the frozen. Cocktail weenies. He's like, they're the frozen kind, but you yeah, never know. You can't tell the difference or whatever. <laughs> so then it's revealed. He reveals to Lisa that Akeem is a prince. He's not, in fact, a goat herder. <laughs> um, so Lisa is upset. She's been lied to. Akeem's got to track her down through the, through the city. Of this course, is when it's it turns now, into a romantic comedy. Now it's pouring down rain. Well, what really sets her off is uh, the king tells her that Akeem oh. was just sowing his wild oats. Then he's that, already got somebody yes. back home. That's yes. right. Yes. And then also the king tries to give Cleo $2 million. And Cleo issues the line of, you can't buy your... And he goes, of course I can't. Or don't be ridiculous <laughs> yeah. or something. Which is another great well, line. Well, knowing Cleo, that's not exactly ridiculous either. And Cleo says something. I think the king insults his daughter. Like, she's not fit enough to marry yeah. him. And he basically says, you say one more word, I'm going to break my foot off in your royal ass. <laughs> Cleo, he's, he's standing up for his daughters now. Which is good. Which yeah. is good. So then we have the, the rom-com part of yes. it. Right, going through the, the city. They yeah. go through the subway. Now... Bragging montage. I've been to New York a handful of oh times. Oh boy! Now I didn't go in the late '80s, but when I've been there, the subways, the cars themselves, had little to literally zero graffiti. These yeah. subway cars are just cut. They looks like they took the Berlin Wall, <laughs> like the West German side of the Berlin Wall, and just said, "Just make that the side of the subway car." I was wondering about that too. They tried to make it 
overly rough looking. This was yeah. This was yeah. back in the day when everybody thought you went to New York and when you walked turned any corner, yeah, you got mugged. You immediately and beat were up. mugged. We got spray painted. This yeah. movie didn't help to dispel any of those no, rumors. No, no, not at all. Um, also, isn't New York kind of known for everyone's in their own world, just bumping into people, not caring? Everyone very interested, very interested in yes. what's going on in yes. their little conversation. Yeah. Very. Including uh, the nice old woman. Who leaves with five hundred thousand dollar pair of earrings? Like she's gonna, somebody's gonna dupe her out of those. She's or, gonna go to a pawn shop, and they're gonna be like, even hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> oh man! So, but at the end of that, like you mentioned, Tommy mentioned earlier, um, she has the earrings, and she. F- Fires them back at Akeem. And it's like the two greatest catches of all time are like that Odell Beckham a couple years ago where he caught the ball with two fingers. And he somehow caught both of these earrings in one hand. Right. They were thrown from one foot away. Right. Straight down. But anyways. Yeah. And then really, I mean, for me, like... For me, at this point, I, this is where I stopped watching the movie a lot of times. At this point, the the movie's pretty much petered out of everything I'm interested in. It obviously, you know... It ends, it ends with a surprise, but not really surprise, happy uh, ending. Can we go back to one thing real quick? On the earrings, I forgot to mention this oh, earlier. Okay. Yes. Dave's thoughts on earrings. So she gets the note with him that says, an admirer, not Daryl. Right. Obviously, they didn't have a price tag, but her and her sister are well enough to know that they're worth over $100,000. I think that's fair. Okay. That never bothers her? That someone not Daryl sent her a hundred thousand dollar pair of earrings, and she doesn't want to investigate or think about that anymore. No, apparently not. Because in the subway scene, she's like, "Well, I guess I finally know who gave me these." Like she'd never thought of that again until. Oh, I feel like that would be the only thing I think. Yeah, yeah. That and DraftKings, but you know. that and that and I wouldn't. I don't think I. W- Hold on, we might have a live sports update. You guys vamp a little bit because I just got a text notification that could be very, very much related to uh, this episode. So bear it's, with me. Hold on. Related it's, to this episode. It's St. John's yeah. covering. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the University of the United States of America. Is, we'll, just, uh, we'll just go ahead and wrap up. Oh, never mind. Oh, that was a big lead this, up for nothing. No, because I just got a text message from a friend. And it said, stay hard, Cuba Gooding. It's a senior, though. Cuba Gooding senior found dead inside car. Does he yeah. even, who, who is that? I mean, obviously I is, know, but was he weird. in movies? He was in a band, apparently. I'd, I'd never, I was not familiar. So, since this, Tommy's over there talking all big about DraftKings, Glenn, Tommy texted me earlier today and said, Stack the Rangers and the Royals tonight. Uh, They're playing a 0-0 tie in the 11th. Hey, there's still time for this thing to get out of hand. Well, if, as usual, we're all docked on something, we all have a Kansas City-Texas game stack I, I, I don't. On. Oh, you oh. don't ever listen to Tommy? I do sometimes, but not after he won big. He's he's due to he's lose. He's throwing money around everywhere. All right, so, hey, we've been we've been at this for a little while, but I've got a few things I can go around. I know everybody's got a oh, few yeah, things yeah, we yeah. didn't get to, but I want to I wanna get to um, – one article that I found earlier today that I thought was really interesting, and it's it, it was um, 
some some just interesting fun facts about the movie. Um, one of the things that was interesting was apparently the director of the movie, which is a guy named John Landis, yep. and Eddie Murphy did not get along at all during the filming because apparently Eddie Murphy was just a extreme pain and tool during the whole filming and, and rubbed everyone the wrong way uh, because he was so rude to everybody. So... He plays the very deferential, polite Akeem on the screen, but apparently was just a disaster uh, in the movie. Here's another interesting fun fact. 1989, CBS actually filmed a pilot for a Coming to America TV series. Right. But it never saw the light of day because apparently it was terrible. Right. By the way, I don't know if you guys dug any deeper into that. I found it. The spinoff series? You, I found it's, the 23-minute video pilot. Oh, please and send I, that. I didn't please get to watch it. it. I was going to plan to watch it before this, but I didn't get time. Okay. I'll send it to you. Wow. I would I would like to watch it. Um, okay, the, so then a couple of these notes um, were ones that uh, actually, gosh, almost every one of these, almost every single one of these notes we've got to. The only thing... Um, the only one of these notes we haven't got to yet was the, uh, the Kunta Kinte reference. <laughs> Oh yes, uh, which is uh, actually the uh, they call Akeem that in Mighty Sharp Kuta Kente, but that is uh, that's a reference to Roots and the guy uh, who played Cleo McDowell, the actor who played Cleo McDowell, played uh, Kuta Kente in Roots. Is that right? Because I always thought that the guy that was on Reading Rainbow played. Kunta Kinte. It says here, Lavar Burton says John Amos, the actor who starred in Coming to America as Lisa's father, Cleo, played Kunta Kinte in the groundbreaking 1977 miniseries Roots. I'll be honest, I haven't seen Roots in a while. I'm gonna throw a challenge flag on that. All right, well, we'll have to do some research. Yeah, possibly online. And then the last thing I've got, and I really apologize because I bet I'm stealing both of your thunder with this no, one. No, no, no. Go ahead. So, and then, and then I'm gonna pass the. Uh, the torch to YouTube, but I'm just going to read this. In early 2017, an announcement was publicized which addressed the impending production of a Coming to America sequel. Yes, yes. The original screenwriters were attached to the project. However, a possible participation of lead actors Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall was left undefined. According to several public accounts, Murphy himself apparently posted an announcement regarding the film a month prior on Facebook, but later claimed his account had been hacked and completely deleted all references to it. Was he out getting wings? Or? <laughs> if somebody would just get home on time, we wouldn't have these kind of problems. This movie apparently, according to the reliable source of Wikipedia, it cost $39 million to make it. <clears throat> Box office total, just under $289 million. In the box office? That's what it says. Now, there's is a that, footnote here. Is that here. inflation adjusted dollars or was that $1989? Because uh, if that's $1989, that's insane. Uh, and it says box office. I don't know if it's adjusted or not. That's unbelievable. But yeah, it has the, the spinoff. Where's it at? Hold on. Um, with the weekly sitcom, it was going to star Tommy Davidson, who's a comic back from the 80s and 90s, as Prince Tariq and Paul Bates repri- reprising his role as Oha. So, so of all the people in the movie to be in a TV show, they got Oha. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, if when you find that link, Dave, you send it to me because I want to watch. I will send it to you. I want to watch Oha. I have it saved. 
Uh, Paramount made this movie. They canceled press screenings of the film. Yeah, I saw that. After all the the press and critic critical reactions were very negative. I find that really? hard to believe. This was this was not anything I would feel like would be panned critically. I don't think white people liked this movie in 1988. That's what I'm going to guess. Other than 10-year-old Glenn. 10-year-old Glenn was doing mighty sharp routines, just back and forth, talking about Rocky Marciano. (laughs) So this... uh, I'm sorry, Glenn, do you have more? No, no, no. This uh, film was nominated for two Oscars. Best soundtrack? Incorrect. Oh. But I want you guys to guess. Cinematography? Best In- props? <laughs> Best costume design was one. Wow. Had to be the lion costume. I have no idea why. The other one makes perfect sense, though, if you think about it. Is it, a, is it an actor for Murphy? It's it. No, it's not an okay. acting. It's a more... Not, not like cinematography technical, but outside the realm of acting. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Think of the barber shop. Hmm. Scissoring. <laughs> Best makeup. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. If you get the same guy playing three different roles, that yes. it didn't win yes, any of them. Yes, but it was okay, nominated. but it was nominated. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, critics did not like this movie. Very mixed opinions. Unoriginal script. It was called a hollow and wearying Eddie Murphy fairy tale. And it was hard to believe that an Eddie Murphy movie would come to this. Wow. Well, well, you know what happened to Siskel and Ebert? Case closed. (laughs) Great point. Yeah. Oh, um, I forgot to tell you this. Uh, During, oh, I need to find the exact note, but during the filming... The exterior shots, which were done in Queens, a uh, local McDonald's franchise owner did call, like call authorities about McDonald's because oh, he thought they it was had to real. actually put the sign. Yeah, down. like he thought it was a real restaurant going in. <laughs> wow! And came out to take pictures, obviously, because yeah. that's what you do. But yeah. Oh. But just to wrap up, this movie is incredible. It's so yes. great. I give it two thumbs up. It's so my favorite good. movie of all time. So, all right. Well, let's hey. So let's tease ahead to episode forty-three, which will be the next time we're all together. Are you guys going to be? Are, like, I don't even know if I should tell you guys this because I'm worried you might not be able to sleep until now and then. I don't want you to become weary. We will have the final ever review of Friday Night Lights because I have finished the series, gentlemen. It has wow. been done. It has been done. I, it has no been done. stopping us no. now. Yes. Well, on behalf of everyone that listens to this podcast, <laughs> thank you, and may God have mercy on your soul. Listen, stop right there a minute. Man goes into a restaurant. You listening? A man goes into a restaurant. He sits down. He's having a bowl of soup. He says to the waiter, waiter, come taste the soup. Waiter says, is there something wrong with the soup? He says, taste the soup. He says, is there something wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? He says, will you taste the soup? It's wrong. Is the soup too cold? Will you just taste the soup? All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Aha. Aha.
Where do you know from funny, you bastard?